Biscuit, what are your top three favorite video games of all time? Of all time? Of all time. Oh my goodness, that's a long career. Not just like what you're playing right now, but of all time. <sighs> well, all uh, time. The first one that I always cling to is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. Ooh, good one. Uh, I started with one, started say, at the beginning. Uh, one was great, two was especially great because of the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of three, but something about the mechanics and all the updates and stuff they made in four before they went into all the crazy stuff right. and underground and past that where you can get off your board and you got to run yeah. and slap stickers around. And I think Tony Hawk 4, if I remember correctly, is where they uh, invented, no, started like the wall plant mm. where if like you're grinding on a rail or on a lip ledge, uh, yeah. you can plant the wall and turn around. Uh, the balance of like flatland stuff was great. I don't know. It was just like the pinnacle of my gaming career in around that era. Mm. I was still playing it on the PS2, nice. which is probably one of my favorite consoles ever. Really? All the Because you're an Xbox games. guy now. Yeah. That, I mean, I'm not like exclusive to Xbox, but it's because what a lot of people I had around me played on, I went to it. Sure. I still love PlayStation, but PS2, just the gaming area and all the games they had on that console mm. were amazing. Uh, so Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4, always. Uh, and the other two were a little harder to f think about, but number two, I'm going to go Borderlands 2. Mm. Um, the whole Borderlands franchise is just amazing. The art style is different. The story is hilarious. The characters they put in, the gameplay, the loot system, and Borderlands 2, uh, shout out to my friend Tyler, is kind of the beginning of our friendship. Mm. Uh, when we started hanging out, we'd play games together like Portal, uh, and we played through a little bit of Amnesia, which is like a survival horror game, right, but we right. couldn't finish it because I was too scared. <laughs> but Borderlands 2, um, we played through, and we're actually playing through it again right now. The second so, one? Yeah. Nice. We finished 3, which came out in the fall, uh, and we're going back and getting all the achievements, and it was a little hard to go back a game, mm -hmm. you know, because of the new stuff they introduced in the new one, but just going back... All the DLC and the characters were just so well made and it's just so fun. Uh, and it obviously holds a special place in my heart uh, because of our friendship and what sure. that game means. And then the third one, which I am playing right now, is Overwatch. Uh, Overwatch. I was wondering if Overwatch was going to make it. Yep. Uh, I don't play it as much as I used to, but I still try to play every week. Uh, from the day it came out, though. Like, I think this is a game outside of like Borderlands 2 that I've stuck with longer than any other game. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's an esports game. So I've gone to a couple actual competitions in LA and gotten to see it live, which I've never done for another game. Mm. And that is an experience in itself. And I'm not a huge fan of, uh, you know, the current boom of, you know, Fortnite and PUBG where it's, competition based but the way overwatch creates it and their unique characters and since it's owned by blizzard yeah who made diablo and starcraft and all that they're they know what they're yeah, doing they're pretty established oh yeah so the characters and the gameplay and the updates and all the changes they make and the new maps they release and all that they consistently update it so it's fun and i got like my main characters but i still try to play a lot of it i don't know it's just it's still almost as fun as the day it came out mm. Uh, two, three years later. 
So I've been playing it straight for years. Nice. Uh, so I don't know. There's something different about it. It's, there's not even a whole lot to it. I know they're o- releasing Overwatch 2 soon. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, which who knows how that's going to change it up or revitalize my sure. addiction. You think Overwatch 1 will still be as popular? Um, yes. You think it'll fall fall away? That's a good question. Uh, I believe, I haven't read much about it lately, but Overwatch 2 is going to release kind of a more of a campaign type thing. Hmm. Since Overwatch now is just... Almost like a Super Smash. Competitive. Oh, I yeah. Like the campaign, but also the main thing was just the Super Smash. Yeah. That's a good comparison. I would, yeah, I would say so. But if since Overwatch League is getting bigger, they added more teams this last season, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a really big esports game. And Blizzard is Blizzard. I feel like it's going to continue. There all there will definitely be people that will prefer one way to the other. Like you know, Call of Duty. I love the campaigns, but it's definitely a multiplayer game. Some people really like one part or the other. So there's going to be a subsection of people that are going to go off on this game Mm. or on this side of the game, but it's still, I think that will uh, end up enhancing the the first part since you get to know maybe more story and stuff behind it. Your characters will be more fun to play Mm. uh, in the uh, PVP side of it. So those are my three. It's a good three. How about you? Well, I'm not much of a video gamer. Yeah. Uh, I do enjoy them uh, a lot, but usually what, I mean, I'm a fan of stories. Yes. And so I'm more of a RPG kind of guy. I love those role-playing games. And I would say a lot of mine are that or in that realm. Sure. Um. I had a tough time picking, though. I had a tough time picking. <laughs> oh, uh, me too. Like, you and I have been playing Call of Duty a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Um, super fun. But by no uh, means would I say, like, that's, I don't know, my favorite. I have great times playing it, but yeah. I can get, like, completely de- enveloped in uh, a story. Yeah, and there's not a whole that. lot in just playing Call of Duty. Yeah. I mean, the campaign was fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't really remember most of it by now. But. Yeah, that's very true. I remember the night vision stuff. And oh, was yeah. intense. That's tough. But, uh, and these are in no particular order because I don't know if I could put them in order. Sure. But number one, I would say is Zelda. Ooh. Like, which, you got to pick one, I feel like. Ah, uh, do I? I guess you did pick Borderlands too. And Tony Hawk 4. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, that's tough. Zelda is a lot. And they're all unique in their own right. Well, first one, Ocarina of Time. Classic. Was the first one I actually got my hands on. Mm-hmm. And my brother played it front to back. And I sat there and watched him play the whole thing. Oh, yeah. And then when I was finally like old enough to understand how to actually operate a controller, <laughs> an N64 controller, yeah. I was like, you know, doing it on my own. I remember the puzzles just being like super challenging. I mean, I was young. I was like, what the heck is going on? (laughs) But uh, I think it's spirit tracks or spirit rails or I don't know. It was Nintendo DS Zelda. And I have memories of playing that game and listening to Engine Driver 
by the Decemberist. Dude, yeah. And those two together, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a freaking engineer. <laughs> uh, nice. So like those two have closed, but I think Ocarina of Time takes the win. Oh yeah. What a game. Um, I mean, musically too. Is oh just yeah, man. It's amazing. my ringtone. Yeah. Song of Storms from Ocarina oh, of Time. Oh, shoot. It's classic. So that's, that'd be the f- first one. Uh, Great pick. Next one has got to be Mass Effect 2. Oh, man, yes. So I played... Yes. The second one came out. I think I my brother saw the second one at a Best Buy, and it was like mm-hmm. cheap or something, and he got it. And I was like, oh, this looks fun. And I played it. And the second one, I was like, I love this. Yeah. And I was like, I need to go back and play the first one. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Went back and played the first one. And I think in the moment, I was like, I almost like the first one better. It was like Hmm, clunkier and the fighting was harder because of it. But there was something about it that I just like it was, I don't know, it was nostalgic without being nostalgic. Yeah. Like I had never played it before. before. Yeah. Right. Uh, But the second Mass Effect, I think... uh, they nailed all the mechanics and storyline was great and characters were awesome. Uh, oh gosh, yeah, Gears. Oh yeah, dude. It it was a super fun game. Third one came out. I love the storyline, love the mechanics, but uh, there's something about it just ending that was bittersweet. That well, that's the big controversy about three. Yeah, is the ending. Everybody and got not, up in arms not just the like what happens in the ending, but the fact that it was the last one. Mm. Like there's in the Hunger Games series, the Catching Fire is my favorite because I love the rebellion, the uprising, the beginning of the end. Mm. But Mocking Jay was, eh, it was okay. <laughs> I, like, see, I see. What you're I just like that uprising storyline, and I think that's why I like the the second one the best. Yeah. I agree with you. Actually, I did the same thing. I got two, played it, loved it, went back to one, then did two again, then three. Yeah. And then Andromeda came out. And Which I, I had fun with Andromeda. It, it was fun, but it was not Mass Effect 2. Yeah, very true. <laughs> nice. Um, And the abilities and everything. and I mean, it was just a, a really cool blend of games. And the, the Paragon Renegade system. Oh, dude. Which I think was not maybe not revolutionary, but newer at the time. Yeah. Kind of with Fable, you can create your own right, direction. Right. Mass Effect oh, Two really implemented implemented it pretty well. Yeah, yeah, dude. And I think, I mean, reason why like phone marketing, like you're able to customize your phone with like different cases and whatnot, like that is a lot of the personalization side of marketing. It wins big. Yeah. So like when you're talking about doing the Renegade or the Paragon stuff, it's it's giving you that, like you can play the game how you want to play it, and you're, mm-hmm. you are even more pushed into the storyline. Yeah, because instead of just playing a character with their own intentions, yeah. you're being able to push yourself and your opinions and ways of doing things yeah. into that story. Yeah, dude, and it makes the playback better too. Like if you want to play it again, it could be a completely different experience yeah, because man. you're just a jerk the whole time and you're just mowing people down. Oh, I could never do that, but I secretly wanted to. 
I couldn't was, get myself to do it. There's times I would start off like that and I was like, <laughs> I can't do it. So I'd end up being like a Zuko character where I'm just <laughs> awful in the beginning, but I end up redeeming myself. Nice. Uh, number three. And this one is I had to pick because I think it was the first one that made me really like video games. Like I remember getting this one for Christmas and I remember staying up like it was all I could think about, like coming home from school, turning off all the lights and playing it in my room on my like, I think it was a 20 inch TV Nice on my Xbox 360. <laughs> and I would just play it and this game scared the crap out of me. Ooh. And I think that's why I loved it so much. Now I want to guess, but. And there was just, it was hard. The fighting mechanics weren't the greatest because it wasn't really about the fighting. Which I think I'm going to overlook because it it wasn't really about the fighting as much as it was about the story. And I think that's why I liked it so much. Can I, can I guess? Yeah. Is it Bioshock? No. Dead Space? No. Oh man. What is it? The hype is real right now. Yeah. So in the game, you were this guy and uh, you and your wife were like going to this house and you're starting a new kind of journey and you have to take this water ferry to the island. And once you get to the island, like some things don't really seem, they seem a little off. It's a little strange. You're at this house and he's a writer and he's writing this book. And as he's writing the book, the book is like coming to life. So he's writing this horror book. And at the same time, you're like living the experiences of what he's writing. And so like, it's, Absolutely insane. Alan Wake? Yes, sir. Yeah, dude. Okay, I'm there. Yeah, that was a good one. Oh, man, I really loved it. The story was so good, and it scared the pants off me. I remember just being like lights off in my room, just freaking out. Now, I remember like having to go downstairs to get like a snack because I was like, I need a break from this. It's going to destroy me. (laughs) Those are a good three, man. All right. Welcome to the BNB. I'm Bread. And I'm Biscuit. Whatever you're doing right now, if you wouldn't mind, stop listening. Skirt! Pull the e brake, as that sound <laughs> implied, and go leave us a review uh, anywhere you listen to this on Apple or anything. Give us some stars. Be honest. We appreciate the feedback one way or the other because we always want to get better. But please help us in that fact. Uh, follow us on social media so you can see. The notifications arrive, as that sound also implied, uh, just so we can keep you up to date with what we're doing. Uh, The little post, we try to make you laugh and brighten your day or when we release a new podcast. So check this out on social media. And uh, we're talking about video games today. Yes, we are. No, that was laser tag. (laughs) Yes, but it's also pretty good because we do that. So fun little fact, every time we want to play Call of Duty together... uh, I don't know, maybe our door's open because we share a bathroom between our two bedrooms and one guy will be like, hey, pew, pew. What about you? Pew, pew. Or the text, pew, pew. Like, (laughs) yeah, let's go. It's a a catchphrase around here. I think I set up a shortcut with Siri to send it 
uh, pew pew with lasers now. <laughs> really? So every time I send you pew pew, it's like <laughs> nice. But yeah, video games—they're a—they're a really big part of my life. Uh, they're a decent part of yeah. Ryan's life, but not as big as mine, I guess. They're a good way to unwind. Yeah, it's—it's it's a pretty recreational for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, what video gaming looks like for us personally, mm. um, and kind of what what we use it for, what we enjoy about it, uh, and stuff like that. So, but also kind of what uh, what a career may look like as well uh, inside the you know just kind of video game industry as a as a whole. Yeah, esports. So we kind of talked about uh, what were our top three favorite games. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of, you know, you said video game is a big part of uh, what you do. Uh, what what does video game look like for you? What does a normal video game session look like for you? Well, uh, if I had my way, it would be every day. <laughs> uh, but you know, work and social life and stuff. People are more important, uh, and jobs very important. Um, but it's definitely kind of like you said. I use it to unwind. I love. The story about some some games are just uh, something I can jump into quick and play a match or two, kind of like Overwatch or Call of Duty. But, you know, over the course of however many years I've been playing video games, 20 years or so, um, there's just a lot of memories mm. uh, through games. It's crazy how memories, it's almost like a smell. Like if I yeah. smell like Axe body spray, it reminds me of playing like Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> <laughs> we have different associations with Axe body spray. But Very true. That's good. You actually mentioned earlier that you remember playing a Zelda game on DS and yeah. listening to the Decemberists. Uh-huh. And that immediately brought me back. If I ever hear the first Gorillaz album, which is spectacular, so good. I can always listen to it. It takes me back to playing Turok on N64. <laughs> Which I actually went back and played again a few years ago, and it was it was so hard to do <laughs> playing on the sixty four controller. I lasted like maybe five minutes. Uh, but there's so many you know memories associated with video games and people and you know land parties. Mm. Uh, in my church back in Columbia, we had big youth nights where we'd have land parties from seven p.m. to seven a.m. and we'd get a few hundred kids from like the area, and they'd bring their bulky desktop PCs with their CRT monitors, you oh, know, yeah. they didn't have, people would bring like huge 32 inch TVs that Amazing. weigh like 120 pounds. Yeah. We'd carry them into the youth room and be running ethernet cables to the ceiling, you know? <laughs> uh, but it was just a, a gathering of people. Uh, and at the same time, like there's a lot of times I just come home and I want to be by myself. Mm. Uh, and I could, you know, I could read a book, which I do. But video games is just, I just love it. It's so much fun. All the different stories and uh, gameplay mechanics and new ideas. Um, I mean, it's hard to describe the exact appeal of it. Mm. But I, it is just calming and fun. Yeah. For me, I think it's it's more of an escape than anything. Mm. Um you, I think I'm more of a TV show watcher than a video game player. This is true. Um, but <clears throat> why I watch TV and why I play video games are the same reason. Hmm. Uh, I like just kind of getting lost in a story and 
really that's what it comes down to. Um, whereas video games are a little bit more interactive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I'm put into the center of a TV show or whatever. Um, which is why I guess I don't really gravitate towards those shoot 'em up Call of Duty type stuff. Yeah. Although when I'm playing with people with Call of Duty, it's that's it's where game those changer. games shine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's where it's fun. And you're really just, it's like hanging out with somebody. Exactly. Watching a TV show. But instead of not talking to each other, you get to talk to each other the whole time. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So, yeah, I think it's more of just an escape, really. Uh, just forget about the world that <laughs> you live in for a second and <laughs> get transported to, to Narnia. Uh, mm, did they ever make a Narnia video game? Oh, yeah. I okay. played it. Oh, well, there you go. GameCube. Oh, GameCube. Well, I throw back. Off the GameCube. I was not a fan. That was the oh. Nintendo console I switched. I know I'll probably get some hate mail for that. We don't get hate mail. <laughs> I was like, bro, you get mail? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. If you want to send us some mail, even if it is hate mail, go ahead. <laughs> we'll love to hear it. I would love to read hate mail. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, really? Interesting. <laughs> um, At least through listening. <clears throat> well, now it's time for Quiet Thoughts with Biscuit. If you're robbing a convenience store and the clerk points out that your fly is down, it's okay to recognize, adjust, and giggle. Because hey, everyone makes mistakes. Laugh it off, move forward, continue your activity, and be at peace with the people around you, knowing we are all alike. And now here are four tips to live a better, harmonious life with our words and our thoughts. Step one. Be impeccable with your word. Speak with integrity. Say only what you mean. Avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. Step two, don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. Step three, don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. With just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. In step four, Always do your best. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Under any circumstance, simply do your best and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. Mm, That was good. Thanks, Biscuit. No problem. trying to change lives out here you know yeah one step at a time i know i feel that words are powerful let's so, use them right oh uh, did you have more thoughts uh, i want to talk about video games actually mm. so we're back at it oh we're back at it we're again at with it. them white vans i don't have vans uh white vans a little, a little creepy shoes so <laughs> <laughs> uh 
we kind of talked about, you know, video games and how they relate to our personal lives. Um, let's dive in a little bit to the other aspect of it. Maybe some of the things that we don't really experience with video games, uh, except for from afar. Yeah. Um, but video gaming as a career slash esports industry as a whole, uh, what kind of, what kind of careers are available in that? Well, uh, if you haven't heard about esports, uh, I'd be a little bit surprised. Uh, just a quick like fact or two. Um, I know there's some controversy about whether esports is actually a sport. Mm. Uh, we don't really need to get into that, but. Uh, there's been some research that says that by 2022, monetization of esports will reach three billion, and viewership around 300 million, Holy which is currently the same as the NFL. That's crazy. And in recent years, uh, there's a game called League of Legends, which mm-hmm. I think has the biggest esports mm-hmm. presence, has reached more viewers of the World Finals than the Super Bowl. Wow! So you have to at least recognize it's a pretty big industry. Yeah. And so, like, the careers within that industry, as it grows, uh, are are many. I mean, you can be an esports player, mm-hmm. obviously, like the professional gamer aspect. <clears throat> you, you're the person that plays the game. You know, you are the, the athlete. You are the yeah. running back or quarterback, if we're going football analogies. Then there's the coach, which also seems to make sense. You coach your team. Uh, you help them identify strategies and how a team can play better together. Uh, similar to a manager, they kind of manage the team mm. and their schedules and aspects of of the team. Uh, there's a caster, which they kind of um, narrate the events. You know, if you're watching, let's just keep using football because okay. I think a lot, a lot of people will recognize that if you're not as familiar with esports, they're the people who are saying what's happening. Like number 22 is taking down first down. Like, oh no, we got a flag on the play. This player did this. Uh, the caster th- is the person who is narrating what's happening in the game as you're watching it. So the caster is that, uh, could that be the player? Yes. Um, actually, Overwatch League, which I talked about previously, um, I've gotten to see it a few times and I follow that one a lot more than any other game, especially in esports. Uh, and there are already some, after two or three years of this league, there are already some players who are retiring from player and are becoming a caster this season, which starts tomorrow. Hmm. Um, so you definitely at least have to have a really good grasp of how to play the game and the mechanics to be able to say what's happening. And like esports, it's such a fast-paced game. You know, NFL, hike, play happens, mm-hmm. and then there's like a little reset. Esports is just continuous. So it amazes me how casters are so fast <laughs> fast and good at speaking and good at recognizing what's happening so they can narrate live, which is which is bonkers. Yeah. But I think, you know, if you come from a player background, I doubt there's many casters that have not played the game. Sure. Uh, there are definitely players that become casters, though. Uh, and that's probably... It's usually how it happens, even yeah. in football. That makes sense. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But yeah. So you got you to gotta start somewhere. Uh, there's also referees, which they just help Classic. keep the game clean and following the rules. So does like trash talk, does that, does that get you a foul? Does that get you suspended? 
Um, Are you on thin ice? I don't know. Because in like esports, your team chats with yourself. You can't chat with the other team during mm-hmm. game. So there's not as much of that. That's fair. Uh, you can't. You can talk to them outside of the match, like on social media and stuff. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know how much that happens. Uh, there's also like media, uh, just to help your brand of a team, mm-hmm. uh, get yourself out there, let people see your Twitter updates and stuff. Uh, there's analysts who analyze the games afterwards, PR, sales, agents for players, so they like navigate team transitions and all this stuff event managers if you get into the other side of things you know to set up the building and make sure like the scheduling of events doesn't coincide with other things and there's like production who you know puts on the whole thing all the led walls and making sure everything works like cameras Mm. all that which is a whole other area and then there's even like legal teams uh per esport or per team just to make sure you know, all the finances and stuff behind the scene mm-hmm. work. So there's obviously with anything, anything, there's a lot of people that go into play to make something happen. Uh, and with esports, often the professional gamer, the player is kind of the center point, but there's so much more um, around that to make everything happen um, and to, uh, you know, help the players be their best to like, find their characters or find their strategies or, you know, they even do boot camps for esports. Like people, uh, gamers will, um, take like nutrition classes and fitness classes to make sure they're healthy and and body and mind so that they can perform at the best, Mm. which is, you know, very similar to like the NFL. Like you got to be in good shape to play at a professional level like this. Uh, I feel you like a football player shape. would laugh at that. Yeah, I'm not saying that like they <laughs> go, th- go through the same like training regimen, right. obviously, as an NFL, but just to put it in similar uh, aspect mm-hmm. of of what it takes to be a professional gamer. Um, you can't just sit down and play video games 15 hours a day and, and make it. You got to be at the top. That's why a lot of players like will retire in their 20s. Oh. Like past 30, there's just not many. Like they become casters or coaches or something because they don't have the same uh, mental acuity or attentiveness or anything to continue that for very long. Mm. It's like a, a small age range to be a professional esports player. It's crazy. Mm. I love it. Like always been a little dream of mine, but I know it's not going to happen. I'm already out of my 20s. So yeah. there's that going for me, but... <laughs> It just it's it's fun, but so there's a lot of different careers available in the whole esports realm. Yeah. Um. But I don't know what I'd like to know, which I think you're more geared towards, is uh, kind of the design behind these games that become maybe esports or just games in general, uh, and like the creation and the media and like the graphic and the the whole realm behind that side of it. So yeah, when we were getting ready to do this episode, uh, I was looking at your notes and, you know, we talked a lot about esports, even in our pre discussions for this episode. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, well, man, like when we say video gaming as a career, like that, there's so much to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's crazy. 
And with everything you just said, you know, like that and more, I'm sure. Uh, but there's like a spot everywhere on the floor for somebody to have a job. Yes. Um, and that's just like the the back end of the video game. Like not to even mention everything that went into making the actual video game. Yeah, that's just once it becomes like a competition. Yeah. It's got to be like made, obviously, and then to a point where it can be played well yeah. competitively. And I think that's interesting because, uh, I mean, sure, football and, you know, since we're on this football thing, uh, everybody knows what the game of football is. And sure, rules may change here and there. Sure. But for the most part, you're, I mean, when you sit down to watch the Super Bowl, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Um, the thing with video games, video games and esports is uh, a new video game may come out that the game has changed. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're not in the Super Bowl anymore. You're in a different league. You're in a different game altogether. Yeah. A different sport. You got to learn a whole new yeah. everything. Because, I mean, like, you're a League of Legends player, right? And you got that down, and then Overwatch comes out, and it's like this next big thing, you know, and you're trying to get into that competition. You have to relearn a whole new video game. Mm-hmm. And sure, there's mechanics that carry over. Yeah. Um, like, there's just video game tropes, you know, like, that people just know, and uh, tactics that people just know. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, Gameplay, how each character meshes with each other. I mean, it, it's a it's a whole new field. Uh, so what what goes into designing and the creation of video games? Um, and I feel like it's it's pretty broad. Like there's a lot of spots where, but I I kind of identified the top couple to be uh, the game designers themselves, mm-hmm. uh, the programmers. The animators slash artists, audio engineers, the writers, and the testers. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are kind of like the big ones. Uh, and actually, before I go into kind of their their do- job descriptions, more or less, uh, I saw something interesting that was uh, today's teens, 13 to 17-year-olds, make up 27% of all gamers. Wow. Whereas 18 to 34-year-olds represent 29 percent hey part of that 29? but that's crazy that those numbers are so close and yeah. yet like there's just more 13 to 17 year olds playing yeah i mean a lot of It'll a lot of people have more a more. have some kind of console in their homes mm-hmm. naturally because it, like a xbox or a ps4 or whatever can be used as more family-centered stuff so it's more likely to be in the home instead of like an n64 you just bought it to play video games now you can use an Xbox like as a Blu-ray player, yeah, yeah. a stream, and all this other stuff. Entertainment so, system. Yeah, exactly. So what do those, uh, <laughs> I guess, jobs, what what goes into being like a designer, a writer, an animator, all that kind of stuff? Um, I mean, everything from the, the ground floor to, to the top, right? Uh, game designers are kind of the people who are like the directors, if you will, of mm. the the movie, the video game, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, they're the people who are saying, this is what I want this level to feel like. This is how I want this to look. And uh, usually they're the ones collaborating with multiple people on the team. So they're, Mm -hmm. you know, working with the developers and the animators and the audio engineers to make sure that it's coming out uh, 
how they want it to come out. Yeah. And usually there's that's broken down, like lead designer, uh, second designer, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's usually not just one designer over the whole thing. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You think of like movie uh, crews, like yeah. Hollywood movie crews and how long those credits are these oh, days. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, and then you watch uh, video game credits and you're like, oh, my <laughs> good. Like three different companies, everybody going at it with all, all they have, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's wild. Uh but you got your animators, artists, those people are, you know, designing what characters look like, uh, how they move and uh, maps and architects. <sighs> Map designers. See, I feel like That's everyone crazy. needs to be classified as like uh, like classes. Like <laughs> the animators are the architects. <laughs> yeah. You know, like. Who's the bard? Mm, <laughs> probably the testers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. But you got, you know, the writers, people who are writing plots and the dialogue and whatnot. And audio engineers, crazy job, I'm sure. But not only the soundtracks, but sound effects, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's one thing to watch a, a scene from a movie and try to, like, recreate, you know, the foley for that stuff. Mm-hmm. But for, like, a whole video game, like, menus, buttons, like everything. Like, oh, yeah. That's insane. Footsteps on different terrain. Yeah. Or like different doors opening, even all the little stuff. And we wonder why it takes so long to come out with a new video game. Yeah. Uh, but then you got your video game testers. You know, these people are just, you know, testing the beta and finding the loopholes, which sounds easy and sounds fun, but at the same time, it sounds freaking hard. Like you have to know video games. You have to know them well. And like they, even in like the alpha stage, you're, you're not just playing it. You're exploring like, if you're in a map, you got to like explore the boundaries. You can't just progress through like the campaign or the story. You're hundred sure percenting the game. Well, you're like 200% yeah. because you're like exploring minute details of a map to make sure that like this plant renders right. Or like yeah. when you walk through this door, it's smooth. Like Bananas. all the tiny little things. Gosh, that's crazy. And then, you know, you, uh, on the business side of things, you got your producers, your marketing managers, analysis, and sales reps to try, you know, selling the actual video game. But, uh, you know, the video game industry as a whole is just ginormous. Mm-hmm. And if you're the least bit interested, you should check it out. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a thing. Uh just as much as going to college for football and getting a scholarship and then going on to the NFL is a real thing. Well, some colleges offer esports scholarships now. Really? Yeah. If if I remember correctly, Mizzou, I grew up in Columbia, Missouri. I think they have an esports mm. division now, uh, which I don't really know what that looks like. That'd be crazy. But like you could you could go to school for this kind of stuff. Obviously, there's like the game design and computer programming, yeah. which makes a little more spent sense. But like going to college to be a professional gamer, I just imagine, it's a thing now. I imagine like Google headquarters, like just being oh, back yeah. chairs everywhere <laughs> and like floating TVs and I don't know. I just imagine it being like this super chill space. But it's it's like nice gaming chairs, yeah, uh, and like customized mouse pads and stuff, so you can get your your perfect setup. Oh yeah, that would be sweet. It's a lot of money. I'm down for that. 
So obviously video games are a huge industry. Uh, We've talked about kind of what it takes to be a part of it, where the direction you can take your life to be a part of the industry. Uh, Obviously video games are a good part of our lives. And I imagine if you're listening there, they've entered into your life somehow. Uh, So if you do follow us on social media or whatever, please, it'd be really cool to hear some of your favorite video games. Um, just because it's cool to see what other people like and what we've played. And we'll be like, you put this game down and be like, oh yeah, I remember playing that, you know, back in the day. But obviously esports is a thing now. Um, there's a lot to it. I hope you learned a little bit today and, uh, keep playing some video games. Thank you for listening. If you would like to contribute to the Bread and Biscuit podcast, head over to our Anchor website to make a donation. Any amount is greatly appreciated and allows us to do what we do, just, you know, with better audio quality and sound effects. Go to anchor.com slash bread and biscuit podcast to contribute. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, pew. I was trying to find somewhere in the whole thing to talk about the water level from Ocarina of Time. Because that's just like in gamers always know water level from Ocarina of Time, but I couldn't get it.